Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon. Our guest today is Denise Brousseau, CEO of Thought Leadership Lab, a company dedicated to empowering individuals and organizations to build more influence, have more impact, and leave a legacy that matters. With over 20 years of experience in the field of leadership, thought leadership, and organizational development, Denise is a respected expert and speaker on the topics of personal branding and thought leadership. Thank you so much, Denise, for joining us today. Happy to be here, Charlene. Yes, we're so glad to have you. And I wanted to first talk about what a thought leader is and what exactly is a thought leader and how is thought leadership different from other forms of leadership? It's a great question to begin, isn't it? Because I think we sort of over amplify this idea of thought leader and make it very scary. But I really think of thought leaders as those who are leading us into the future. They are helping us to see the way forward. They're showing the best practices and guiding us on how we can make bigger progress or better progress or more innovative progress in our field, our industry, and potentially in our careers. Yes. And Can anyone become a thought leader? I know that people might hear that term. Nurses might hear that term. Healthcare professionals might hear it often. You know, can anyone become a thought leader or does that require some specific type of background knowledge? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think you need any special decoder ring. I really don't. I think the good news is that this really is a journey of becoming known as someone with a certain area of expertise, someone who who has a passion and commitment to a particular area. Great if they also have some credentials in that arena. And they find a niche where they have the commitment to spend the time to be that person sharing uh, their wisdom, that person who is willing to be, as I say it, it's more the guide from the side and less the sage from the stage. I don't think we want anyone <laughs> telling us from on high. I think we want people to show us what was their path, what are they learning, what's their journey, and take us with them, but also giving us some sense of maybe where the world could be. What's that future that they're hoping? Uh, I call it the what if future, like what if we could have X, Y, Z? I think that's really what I look for. So no, I don't think it's some special skills or training, but I do think it is a mindset. I do think it is a a stick-to-itiveness. Yes, and it sounds like someone who is a thought leader, someone who might be a visionary, someone who really might be innovative or think a lot about the future. And, you know, how important is it to have a platform then or to establish a personal brand before you become a thought leader? You know, is it possible to become a thought leader without those things established? I look at it as a journey. And for me, the journey is step one is building that personal brand, really kind of differentiating yourself from the others around you. And then the second step is being that recognized expert, someone who is known for what they know. And many people, that is all they need in their career, right? being that recognized expert, people look to them, people will promote them, people will work for them. But I think that next step and the way I look at it is 
you know, as the grand vision of thought leadership, it's someone who's leading a movement or participating in a movement that can scare people off. So I don't usually start with that. But when you think about that skill of how do we really make change in an industry or in our hospital or in our uh, healthcare system, we need people who are willing to push forward new innovations and ideas. And so that step is different than just being known for what you know. It's someone who's willing to be that pebble in the pond, be that one who's pushing forward big ideas. Sometimes those ideas are also uh, not necessarily related to what we do every day, but something that we care deeply about, whether it's abortion rights or mental health or other areas that you and I care deeply about, you know, you can absolutely be that change agent and that thought leader. But I call those more the global citizens, like we are working on bigger missions that need to change beyond our particular job. Yes. And I I like how you frame that a lot. I think that it could be really hard to even have someone think of themselves as a thought leader, even if they do have that mission or that that passion about a certain topic. So I think that that recognition from others and in addition to recognizing your own expertise really brings all of that together. And I'm curious, too, how did the Thought Leadership Lab come to be? Did you have a personal story that brought that together? Well, I do, actually, because uh, I, I look back in the middle part of my career, I had the opportunity to co-found a trade association for women seeking venture capital. So women who were running tech companies, life science companies. And my cause at that time was access to capital. How could women, at the time we had less than 1% of the venture funding in the US was going to women. And I was really committed to making a change. But when I look back at that time, I thought of myself, I was running a nonprofit. I had my head down. I had my to-do list. You know, I really wasn't thinking about thought leadership. But years later, after I left there, a friend of mine called one day and she said, hey, Denise, you know how you were that thought leader in women's entrepreneurship? She says, I want to do that. And honestly, Charlene, that was the first time, first of all, anybody had ever called me a thought leader, right? <laughs> but secondly, that it ever had occurred to me. But when I look back at it, I think, I was more of an accidental thought leader. I stumbled into an area of expertise that was quite rare in the United States. I was one of the few people working on access to venture capital for women. Now, fortunately, there's many, many more. And it became sort of that it girl in my space uh, as one of a few people. And when I worked with this uh, person this who was a neighbor of mine at the time, uh, I really helped her go from being completely invisible in her field to being a recognized expert, testifying in front of the Senate, recognized by the White House in her area, and then headhunted by the governor. And I realized oh, wait a minute, if you actually have a strategy, you have a plan and you're thoughtful and you stick to it, being a thought leader is a career strategy as well. And that's really when I started my present company and wrote my book because I wanted to share that journey with others. I felt like you don't have to be an accidental thought leader. You could actually be a very thoughtful, strategic thought leader. And that's what I'm committed to. So I work with women leaders primarily who want to make that journey, leader to thought leader. Yes, thank you for sharing your journey. That is so inspiring to hear. I think that a lot of nurses and healthcare professionals find themselves in that accidental thought leader category and often in the same type of story where someone that they know that they admire comes to them and tells them that they are a thought leader. So hearing it from others first before kind of considering it themselves because they are, you know, they have that expertise. They're so passionate and they they pursue um, a mission that they're really driven by. 
And it's great to hear about this more strategic approach that you have with the Thought Leadership Lab, because this can be something that nurses can, you know, start with throughout their career. They could really take these skills with them as they evolve and as other healthcare professionals evolve. So really great to hear that. And and I'm not sure if we have any classes like that in nursing right now. I don't really think that's really integrated into our curriculum. So, so very exciting. And we'll, we'll get into more of that too, but, but I really appreciate you sharing that. And, and on the topic of nurses becoming thought leaders, one of the questions I have is how can the thought leadership among nurses contribute to the advancement of healthcare practices and policies? Well, I think the good news, um, when I started working with ACNL about 10 years ago, it was because your leader at the time actually called me because in, I guess there was a large report in the nursing field that said, you know, there's 16 things that need to change and number 10, I'm making this up, I don't remember what number it was, but like number 10 is nurses need to be thought leaders. And they called and asked me to come and speak at the conference and did a lot of work for a couple of years with your group because it was the sense that we need a trusted voice and the most trusted people in America are nurses. And we need your voices. And this was pre-COVID, right? This was, I think, in some ways, as an outcome of all the, the fantastic impact that nurses had during the AIDS epidemic here, especially in California, and that their voices were one and some of the few that we were equating that sort of nurse frontline healthcare perspective with the political needs of change. And I think that same thing is true, has certainly been true these last few years during COVID. We need trusted people that, that really are on the front lines of healthcare who can guide us and give us some sense of what are the facts? What's it really like to do healthcare in a time of a pandemic? So this work to me is more important for your industry than for any. Yes. And and it reminds me of what you mentioned earlier about, you know, thought leadership really being a mindset. And I, I do think that nurses might not always have the mindset to start that they have these skills and the expertise to contribute to these advancements and to these different practices and policies. Uh, I think that you summarized it really well, just with the potential that nurses have um, that they had before with the AIDS epidemic that they had with the COVID pandemic. And so uh, just a lot of potential, especially when they do harness that mindset of thought leadership. Yeah. And then going back to your earlier question about a platform, I do think that finding that outlet, whether you love to speak, whether you love to write, whether you love to convene people, any of those are great thought leadership roles. You don't have to be good at everything. Maybe you just love to bring people together to talk about what's what matters in your healthcare system. Or maybe you love to write an article for your uh, organization's newsletter or start your own blog on a topic that matters or start your own podcast podcast. I mm -hmm. think any of those or get on the stage. I think it's the it's being willing to take the, the microphone, take the bully pulpit and utilize it on behalf of a cause or um, on behalf of your patients. Yes, you're, you bring up a great point because there are so many ways now to be a thought leader and so many strategies to share your voice. And that could be written videos, there's social media, there's just endless possibilities now. So, so now is as good a time as any for for nurses to participate and to do that type of work. 
and to encourage each other, because I do think it can be scary. That whole piece of the mindset is, is sometimes a little lonely when you step into this role. So I always encourage my clients and, and others on this journey to really think about who else around me, uh, who else, maybe if you're in a fellowship program or you're in a leadership development program, maybe there's someone else who's a colleague or a peer or a friend from nursing school, whatever, somebody else might be on this journey too. And you can encourage each other, help each other craft your, your message to make sure it's strong and and repeatable. Yes, absolutely. That's also a great point. In speaking of fellowships, I was one of the Johnson & Johnson Nurse Innovation Fellows, and we had a great network there of, of amazing nurse thought leaders. I mean, there were so many, so many amazing nurses who facilitated that program and who supported that program, including Rebecca Love, which so many nurses know about. And I, I agree, having that group or having that community can really help to uh, inspire you to share your own messages and your own voice. And and I was going to ask, too, what is the role of thought leaders in nursing when it comes to championing patient rights and well-being? You know, how can nurses really be play into that role? I think the wonderful thing is because nurses either are presently on the front line or they were in that role, they just have a different perspective and a different voice. And unfortunately, from what I've learned from your, your industry or your, your field is often the, the doctor voice is heard more loudly and more assertively than the nurse voice. And yet the doctors see a patient for maybe a few minutes in a day and a nurse is there all day long. And so I think that what we really need, and I know nurses are often very tired, I also understand that the, the hours are long, nurse leaders' hours are long. And so it can feel like, you know, I can't be everything. And I get that. But there are times in which your voice does matter. And being that advocate of patient care, nurse ratios, uh, how we uh, how the uh, payment systems work, how we protect with healthcare, PPE, et cetera, I think all of those things are places where we must hear from the nurses and not have it be somebody on high who's deciding what's happening at the bedside. That isn't that isn't going to be the certainly not going to be good for you and me when we're in the hospital is to have someone who doesn't know the day to day experience actually be the one who's making the decisions. Right. And and I do agree with, you know, sometimes the nurse voice can feel, you know, metaphorically could feel small compared to other professionals like physicians. And, you know, it, I think that might deter some people because they might not understand the expertise that they bring, but, but, you know, also realizing that that's a different profession. Nurses, nursing is a different profession and there is specific expertise that, um, that is very important to recognize in the profession. And, um, and on that topic of nurse thought leaders, can you provide any examples of specific nurses who are thought leaders or maybe share specific instances where innovative nursing approaches were influenced by thought leaders in the field? I, I did mention Rebecca Love earlier, but any any that also come to mind? Well, you know, the woman that I had a chance to work with um, earlier was was a nurse leader, um, Kathy Heron, who's from Southern California and, you know, really was very instrumental in building out leadership development programs uh, down in her hospital system, Provident, I think it was Provident, our Providence hospital system down in Southern California. And she 
always inspired me because she was so thoughtful in and judicious in the use of her voice and yet was also the first one to say to other nurse leaders you have to say yes to the microphone you have to say yes mm-hmm. to- you know, to, you know, kind of fall into it. You don't, you're never going to be perfect. She would always, you know, advise other nurse leaders that don't wait until you have the perfect message. Don't wait until you're completely articulating. No, you have to get in there. You have to make a stumble occasionally, but really you have to show your passion and your commitment to what matters. And for her, it was nurse education and really building out great nurse education programs, which is what she's still doing today. Yes. And that's so valuable, you know, just starting somewhere because you're because you're right. You you won't always have the perfect message. We if we wait too long, we might miss, you know, we might miss some great opportunities to share our voices and leverage our expertise. And and that goes with almost anything. Right. Um, Starting your own company, starting an innovation. It's most important to just start and to work through things along the way and learn things along the way. And that's how a lot of thought leaders get started too. Well, I love that you're also running a company. And I think you must have that challenge occasionally as to, you know, when do I use my voice on behalf of a cause? And I know you've kind of struggled a bit with that. So maybe tell a little bit about your journey and thought leadership, especially as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think that it's it's so interesting because sharing your voice as an entrepreneur it could it could feel really differently than than your own voice as a nurse in your full time job or in your other you know what other roles you might play. So sometimes sometimes it feels separate, but it doesn't have to. Um, it, one of the benefits of having um, a company that's nurse led is that many of the times what I'm saying um, on behalf of the company also also fits to a larger audience in nursing in general. So. Um, I will say, though, that sharing my own story was very scary. (laughs) You know, I I'm still scared by it. I I am very vulnerable when you're in a business and when you're sharing your thoughts or even even just sharing your story or recording. You are putting yourself out there. So, of course, there will be people who have different opinions or who might not agree. And I think that that could be really hard. You know, for me, I'm someone who was. Um, as growing up and part of my culture, we I was taught to always stay in my comfort zone, you know, not to stir anything up, not to cause any scenes. And when you put yourself out there, it's almost it almost feels like the exact opposite. But I'm still here, you know. Still <laughs> it's <standing>. actually <laughs> still standing. Yes. I, I do have a history of anxiety, but sharing my stories has actually helped to alleviate some of that anxiety. <laughs> so I love that, Charlene. And I think that it is, particularly when we're working in an area like mental health and we want to share our own personal stories, it does feel risky. I think all of us feel the risk when we're thought leaders. Like, am I going to get on that stage or am I going to pick up that microphone and actually tell my own life experience? But I'll tell you, in all the times that I have, the audience reaction is, you know, so overwhelmingly positive, not negative, that you're like, why didn't I do more of this? Or why don't I do more of this? Because we all got those messages, you know, don't let people behind the the curtain here. And I, I thought leadership is a bit about vulnerability. It is a bit about telling the truth, the real truth about what's happening. And people do respect and admire that. And there may be some arrows. I don't want to discount that some people will also, you know, there's can be nasty comments. I've had them. Uh, I've never been doxxed or anything painful, but other people certainly have. So it is 
it is important to have a community that can stand on your behalf in situations like that. But it's also important to tell your truth. Yes. And there are so many different stories that nurses can share. I think that the pandemic actually put a lot more focus on nurses and it had, you know, it had started to inspire a lot more nurses to speak and to share their voice and, and on so many different platforms. So I think it's great when, when nurses do to use their voice and, and share it, even if it is scary, because this is an opportunity to really, to really use your expertise and to have that in the spotlight, because it's, it's something that we didn't always have as a profession. So, so it's an opportunity to not only advocate for yourself, your, your role, but to advocate for your profession. So it's, it's something that is a great opportunity. Yeah. And plus, we need more people to be your guests on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. There's so many amazing people to highlight and they could be on this podcast, uh, other podcasts and other other different types of platforms. But um, but but yes, there's so many voices that that um, people can benefit from and resonate from just hearing those stories. Is there anyone in particular that you admired besides the one you mentioned earlier? Yeah, there's so many. I actually, I really admire Susan Hassmiller and she is one of uh, the, one of the probably the most um, referenced um, thought leaders in nursing. And she had been super integral in the, uh, in our um, nursing reports. And I, I think that you actually mentioned the report earlier. So the Institute of Medicine was a collaboration um, that really set the tone for a lot of the um, principles that we now have as a profession. And so having this report um, in collaboration too with the National Academies of Medicine, that is something that Susan Hassmiller had helped to um, spearhead and and serve as one of the leads for nursing. So she's been an amazing advocate and thought leader. Also, Anna Valdez, and she is an amazing diversity, equity, and inclusion champion. Um, she was another guest that we had on our podcast. So if you, anyone listening hasn't had a chance to listen to her podcast, definitely check that out. But just an example, too, of a nurse who's used her voice to champion for such an important topic. And and she is a nurse as well. And, and the, yeah, I there are so many I can mention. <laughs> uh, great. And what I love about it, when I hear, for example, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I work in a lot of different um, arenas, a lot of different industries, but so often the voices that are speaking out in, in the women's community are voices who are talking more about that topic. And and so I was at a talk this past weekend, and one of the women said the thing that holds her back in thought leadership is she doesn't feel like she has a unique point of view or a unique mm. perspective. And my answer to that is always that the truth is to make change, make change around something as big as diversity, equity, and inclusion. We need a lot of voices in a lot of fields saying the same things over and over to Mm -hmm. all of the different audiences. My audience is going to listen to me. Your audience is going to listen to you. But we all, it's like the way we create a movement is we all speak the truth of what needs to change. And so I don't think that people need to have these brilliant, you know, always the most unique thoughts. I think they need to be echoing in their to their audience on their platforms the things that must change. And that's the work for all of us. There is so much in our fields and in our work that we know needs to change. And as women's voices, as nurse leader voices, we all need to be out there. Yes, there is something something to that for sure. And as nurses are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce, having more voices shared in, in larger numbers makes a huge impact. 
this could be a lot of the same messages, but the more that we hear it, the stronger the voice is, the stronger it is to those who are listening, the general public, just to have that knowledge. And then for other nurses to also hear and be inspired and to be be empowered to share their own voices as well. Uh, I think that a lot of nurses in general are are on the same page when it comes to those topics, especially for diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, the social determinants of health, well-being. I feel that a lot of us are are on the same page. But if you don't share your voice, it's so easy to feel in isolation. So so I think the more that we hear from others and as we share on platforms just like this podcast, the easier it will be to to not feel so alone and to have that courage to speak. Yeah. And also to demystify, I mean, for social determinants for health, for example, I mean, that is a very complex topic. And each person who is working in that field is seeing a small slice of it, but they need to demystify what their work is. And then others do their part. So I I think that this is one of the things I invite people when they're feeling like this is too much, too big, too overwhelming, too tiring, all of the words that we say. Instead, I always want to invite us into the conversation by saying, what is your small piece that you can demystify, clarify, share best practices, and uh, share your your, um, unique viewpoint? That is what we want to hear. You don't have to conquer the world. Do Do your small part and get started. Yeah, exactly. I think it could feel so big, you know, to try to share a voice in any way. It could feel like such a monumental task or like a monumental risk. But you're right. Starting small with your niche, with what you're passionate about, what you have your expertise in can help make that that, you know, obstacle so much easier. And it could it can make it a you don't have to to, you know, boil the ocean. You could really start small and and it just grows from there. And and on that topic, actually, I was wondering how can how can nurses really leverage their expertise to become thought leaders? Is there any kind of way or strategy that you would recommend someone who's starting from scratch to just kind of jump into this? Yeah, and I I think it's pick your platform and pick your um, pick your modality. So do you, as I said earlier, do you like to speak? Do you like to uh, convene, et cetera? But the second thing is, where do you want to play? Are you really much more an in-person that you'd like to be, maybe host a brown bag lunch at your organization? That's a very easy start small. If you prefer social media, find a way to, I think the easiest is to amplify the good things that are happening around you. You don't always have to be talking about yourself or things you know. You can amplify the best of what's happening. I think of I think thought leadership begins in some ways by being that curator of the best of the best. One of the things we know in our area is what we know. We know our area of expertise, but other people don't know. I don't know, for example, that much about social determinants of health or how things need to change at the bedside. But if you do, if you start by helping me to see what are the best talks in this area, what is the best podcast to listen to, what's the best book to read, what's the best article, and you continue to showcase the things that matter, whether they're things you've written or things that others written, now you've given people this sort of window into your area of expertise in a way that simplifies and clarifies and hopefully speeds up their knowledge and understanding. And that's really as leaders and thought leaders, the work that we need to do. 
Yes, exactly. I like how you phrased it too. being a curator of a lot of the expertise that you do see and sharing that with others. Uh, I have heard of people starting journal clubs, for example. You know, I have seen people who have written their own abstracts, shared at conferences. They might do a poster or they might just uh, they might just join the conference and connect with the people who have created the posters or who have spoken on different topics. I think that connection and bringing those all together are a, a really good way to start. And even if you don't know yet how, you know, what your platform of choice is or or what content specifically you might want to choose. And, you know, do you have some strategies for nurses to create and share thought leadership um, content effectively, especially if they haven't done it before? I, I love what you talked about with the poster session. I do think that and that is a great way to get started because it's simple. You know, it's only one poster. It can't be. Right. A, it's, not an opus, <laughs> it's not a book. Right? That feels overwhelming, you know, or is there a series of posts that you want to uh, do over a few weeks that kind of explain something that you're working on? I've, I try to encourage people to look around them and say, what is it we're doing that others might learn from? That is the simple question that, that we start with as thought leaders. Like, what is it that's happening here that others need to know about? And how can you be the one that's sharing it? And one of the simplest modes to do that is it for many of my clients, it's starting a blog or being a a contributor to a, a, a newsletter or something in their field. That feels very uh, easy because you can correct and correct and correct and perfect if you need to, right? Versus sometimes starting with the microphone where you feel a little overwhelmed. But I encourage people to do media training. I encourage people to, to uh, go and be that sponge to learn more in their own particular field. I'm not saying go get another degree. And then I think the third is find a community of even one or two other people that can encourage you and you can set goals together and, and encourage each other. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, nurses could even start with an in-service on their unit if there's if there's something that they found or if they learned about evidence-based practice or if they have done a practice that they've found to be really effective for their care or for their care delivery Yes, there's a lot of different ways to start small and to share with others. And for nurses listening out there, how can they network and collaborate with peers or mentors to advance their thought leadership efforts? Well, I would start at the conference, right? The ACNL conference is a great place. Not only will you hear from a number of thought leaders, but you will also meet with other nurses who you may be able to learn from, you may be able to partner with, uh, you may be able to just get somebody else who believes the same thing you believe, which will make you feel reinforced. So places like that, whether it's online conferences or in person, I think second, finding a, a particular podcast to listen to like yours. Of course, we've already got some of the insiders listening in, but what are some of the other podcasts in your arena, whether it's artificial intelligence and cybersecurity, what are the changes that are happening? Learn beyond your realm as well as in your realm, I think is the second piece. And then third, it really is about looking around you at your own, um, your sisterhood, your your colleagues, your friends um, who are, are speaking out. And be an apprentice, as it were. Like, how did you get started doing A? How did you get started doing B? People kind of like to tell what their journey was. So, you know, take someone to coffee and say, how did you become that thought leader in our in our particular arena? I'd love to do that too. 
Yes, those are great ideas. There are so many ways to network. And it, and again, the word networking can sound really scary because it could sound like a really big thing. But, you know, sometimes it just takes talking to someone in the coffee line of the ACNL conference or talking to the person next to you when you're watching a presentation. You really can start small. And, and I really appreciate those ways that you've shared that nurses can do that and find other peers and mentors to talk about their thought leadership. And I can't believe to, it's almost, you know, it's time to wrap up the conversation and there's so much more to talk about in the future, but I, I did want to give you any final comments or just one, one final chance to share any comments with our audience. Sure, Charlene. Thank you. I, I just say that I wrote a book to my younger self and it's called Ready to Be a Thought Leader. And it's really to that young accidental thought leader gal that I was in the middle of my career and really wanted to share that with others because it is a sort of a simple step-by-step guidebook. Uh, if you are thinking this is a journey for you, this book will help you on that journey. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, Denise. And thank you for being here with us today. We really appreciate having you here. Thanks, Charlene. It was great to talk with you. And our guest today was Denise Brousseau, CEO of Thought Leadership Lab. You can learn more about and connect with Denise at thoughtleadershiplab.com or on LinkedIn. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at socialmedia at acnl.org and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook at ACNL Nurse. And as always, if you like the show, please remember to rate, review and share. ACNL in Action is presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders with new episodes on the first Friday of every month. To learn more about the show or ACNL in general, visit us at acnl.org. Thank you for listening.